All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA, and this is my update for Sunday, February 7th. First, I want to get right into the latest updates on the stimulus negotiations. If you've been following these updates, then you know the eligibility requirements have been one of the key sticking points here. The eligibility requirements for the next round of stimulus checks, the first two sets of payments, went out in full to anyone with an annual income of $75,000 or less for singles, $150,000 or less for joint filers, and gradually phased out thereafter. Now, if politicians on both sides want to target the checks more narrowly this time around. There's some dispute over exactly how narrow that should be, but every single senator in the U.S. Senate, other than Rand Paul, voted for an amendment against giving checks to upper-income taxpayers. So even if there are questions about the specifics, there's broad bipartisan agreement on the general idea of sending out checks to the people who really need them. Janet Yellen, the new Treasury Secretary said today on CNN that she thought some of these plans have been too narrow. For example, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin's proposal to start phasing out payments after reaching 50000 in income or 100000 for joint filers. Some Republicans want to go even further by phasing out as, as low as 40000 or 80000 But Yellen said, if you think about an elementary school teacher or a policeman making 60000 a year and faced with children who are out of school and people who may have had to withdraw from the labor force in order to take care of them and many extra burdens. President Biden thinks, and I would certainly agree, that it's appropriate for people there to get support. Jake Tapper followed up by clarifying, you definitely think higher than 50000 per individual, but you're not necessarily willing to commit to 75000 Is that what I'm hearing? And Yellen basically agreed to that. She said, yes, I think the details can be worked out, and the president is certainly willing to work with Congress to find a good structure for these payments. So this is just one more sign indicating that we're likely going to end up with something in that range, right? Between 50000 where Joe Manchin wants to start phasing out payments, and you know 75000 like we saw in the first two rounds. Uh, of stimulus checks for single filers. Of course, that will become more clear over the next few weeks. I will obviously let you know when there's any more movement on this point. That said, Bernie Sanders tweeted on the other side of the issue yesterday. I'll read it out. Unbelievable. There are some Dems who want to lower the income eligibility for direct payments from 75000 to 50000 for individuals and 150000 to 100000 for couples. In other words, working class people who got checks from Trump would not get them from Biden. Brilliant. So there will be some pushback to the lower income limits, obviously, especially from the progressives. I'm not sure Bernie would even support reducing them to something like 60000 120000 either. But ultimately, I don't think there's enough political momentum to counter what we're seeing from Biden's team, which has pretty consistently signaled that they're open to negotiating these income limits down. So I've been talking a lot recently about the COVID vaccine rollout. Biden's team is trying to secure more dosages and get them out to Americans as soon as possible. Obviously, there are a lot of logistical challenges involved here in terms of distributing the, these vaccines to the states and making sure they get to the right people. But unfortunately, that's not the only challenge being faced on the vaccine front right now. A new study came out today indicating that the COVID-19 vaccine, well, specifically the one developed by Oxford and AstraZeneca, only offers minimal protection against the coronavirus variant that was first identified in South Africa. So as more of these variants keep popping up, yes, the existing vaccine is effective against some of them. For example, this same Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine is, is supposedly very effective against the British 
COVID-19 variant, but not the South Africa one. Um, point is, it's hard to say how each variant will spread or how it will respond to the vaccines that have been developed so far. One of the vaccine developers said, we may not be reducing the total number of cases, but there's still protection in that case against deaths, hospitalizations, and severe disease. Two of the other vaccines, created by Johnson & Johnson and Novavax, are estimated to be about 60% effective against the South Africa variant. Of course, that's a lot better than no vaccine at all, but it's going to make the recovery even more difficult if we are struggling to account for more and more variants. On top of that, the British COVID-19 variant is now spreading rapidly throughout the United States. Fortunately, that one hasn't had the same issues with the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, but current data indicates that it's spreading about 35 to 45% more effectively than other coronavirus strains that are in the U.S., with cases doubling every 10 days. Now, aside from coronavirus and the vaccine itself, there has been a pretty fierce debate about lockdowns, mask mandates, etc. since the pandemic has reached the United States. And some members of the Republican Party see school reopening as a wedge issue where they will be able to appeal to swing voters and for people who voted for Joe Biden in the 2020 election, particularly in suburban areas where Biden performed much better than Hillary Clinton did in 2016. One aide to a Republican senator said, there could not be a more potent issue out there right now, and if it's a perfect need for the Republican Party. A lot of Republicans lost last year because suburban voters were repelled by Trump. If there's one thing suburbanites care about right now, it's putting kids back in school, and the growing view is that the Democratic Party is so tied to teachers' unions that they're the ones keeping kids from learning. Now, that's a very controversial statement. I don't want to get too deep into the pros and cons here of school reopening, but you, if you've been following the story, and especially if you saw my standalone video on school reopening from last fall, you know there are a lot of good arguments on both sides. I mean, people are reasonably concerned about education. It was one thing to pull your child out of school when quarantine was just going to be a few weeks, right? But now we're coming up on a year since COVID reached the U.S. and schools are still operating online only in a lot of places. There's still a lot of concern about safety and all that. Uh, however, a new poll from just a few days ago found that only one-third of Americans are extremely concerned about school safety. That's down from about half in August. And similarly, 59% have at least some concern, which is down from 74% in August. So public opinion is slowly but surely changing here. And the question is ultimately, how long do you want to stay closed down, right? At this point, a lot of kids, uh, they've had the second half of the last school year plus the first half of this one online. Republicans think they might be able to appeal to suburban independents and moderates by putting some pressure on Democrats to either come out in favor of school reopening altogether or go against some of the constituents that were responsible for getting them in power during the 2020 election cycle in the first place. I'm sure a lot of you watching have very strong opinions about this. I look forward to reading your comments on school reopening as well as stimulus. And I will be back tomorrow with more updates, of course, on stimulus. House committees will be working on their version uh, of the relief package for the next two weeks. So we'll start to really see the wheels start turning here as a final stimulus bill hopefully coalesces. Stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for watching to the end, and I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.